0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. We are sponsored by uh, BigMojoPromotions.com forward slash free gift and also Adelmarcy.com. I'm not going to jump into the promotion too much because right now we've got my buddy Travis Sago with us. Travis, honor to have you as always, buddy.
1: I am happy to be here, sir.
0: For the people that don't know, this podcast is going to be one fucked up hell of a ride. It's going to be so much fun <laughs> the entire way through. If you're, if you're not pissing yourself laughing at the end of it, go get your sense of humor checked because Travis is one hilarious motherfucker of a guy. Um, but yeah, just before like we came on, we were talking about the story about uh, getting older. And how Travis, who is actually very good looking considering his age of 103, thank
1: you. I, I got my makeup on today, I knew I was going to be on here, so I figured I'd get all gussied up for you, Adele, and
0: and your podcast. So. I know, 103 years old and still looking good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, we were we were talking
1: about uh, how I used to like uh, dread getting older, mostly around the decade mark. You know, yeah. I like oh, I don't know about this, I don't know about this new decade. You know, but. <laughs> Then it's like, wow! I actually look forward to it now. It's like, wow, this is a really great age, right? This is a super age to be. And I'm now I'm rolling up on um, fifty. So, yeah,
0: that's
1: a good old shit for me. And I was just talking to somebody else about it. He's like, you know, fifties are awesome. It's like you make more money in your fifties. You still have your youth and vitality, and and uh, so I'm like, cool. I'm sign me up, man. I'm in for that.
0: See, I thought you. I genuinely thought like the reason I said, "Oh shit!" was because I was like, holy crap! You do not look fifty. Or even close you, to that. Sir. I was like, you do not look anywhere near that right now. So that's, that's some good stuff. Um, but I was going to say, so like when I turned 25, I had this weird realization because I've been like working for myself since I was 18. I've had a few odd jobs here and there. Thankfully, they're all in retail. So none of them actually told me shave, shave your face, cut your hair, none of that crap. I was like, I'll grow oh, my crazy. hair out looking like Jesus if I wanted to. That's how we roll. Um <laughs> I've just probably crucified myself that twice now. <laughs> Crucifixion joke and a Jesus joke within about ten Break minutes. Break all the rules, man. Yeah, within five minutes of a, of a podcast. Let's go with this. Um, but yeah, what do you call it so. When I turned twenty-five, I realized how much of an idiot I had been for like the last like six, seven years prior in business, going, I am such an idiot. I didn't do anything I was supposed to be doing. I'm kinda of, I've gotta wake this shit up. So whenever I see like an entrepreneur doing well at like before the age of 25, you have I almost have like this newfound respect for them going, you are less of a fuck up than I was. Keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> this is always fun. But oh man, I'm so glad that you're here. Like first of all, let me ask you, you watched Deadpool in the end, didn't you? I did. Yes, absolutely. Did you, did you enjoy it?
1: I did like it. It was my favorite superhero movie ever. And the backstory is I'm not a big superhero, dude.
0: At um, all, in the slightest. Like it, it literally took me, his wife, his child, and my cat and his cat to convince him.
1: Well, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, and you were the one that, that finally pushed the uh, needle over the edge, or the Starlet the broke the camel's back. But I feel like we got to tell the backstory, like, well, I don't oh, like super because we're like, oh my god, what's wrong with this dude? And it's okay if you want to think I'm screwed up, but like for me, it's like I don't like to watch a movie though where it's like the dude's already got freaking superpowers. You like, what's the point? And it's like, oh, okay, well, he's already met the Man of Steel. He's already can like fly around, and you know, it's like I like to watch. Like when they don't got shit, they're, when they're like fuck ups, you know, and, and when they don't have shit um, and, and but they got to do something. Right? they get that challenge ahead of them, And then they get their power like Rocky, you know, like it's like one of my favorite movies. It's like Likewise. you're just dude from the, you know, Philadelphia with nothing, can't hardly even talk right. And even Sylvester Stallone, his story, like, you know, him doing that. So those, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now. Seriously. So those are kind of man. I just like fall asleep literally when it's like, oh yeah, Iron Man. I'm already super good looking. I'm already uh, rich as hell and all this stuff. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It's like okay, now I got this big problem. So and I know that's completely personal opinion, and I I dig my son. My son loves superhero movies, so I'm totally cool with him loving superhero movies. And I so so tried to like them, but I just that's what it is, man. It's like. Just can't get into that. Uh, they already got the superpowers already.
0: You know what? This is quite interesting when you say that because now I'm just thinking about going. There is one gripe I have about movies in general. Um, they never explain how the main character gets the good ass job that they do. <laughs> like I'm not kidding. Like I want, I want to see a movie. Like I've been talking about this for years. because I'm writing a book right now. Uh, just a fiction book for the fun of it. It's a thriller. So it's like it. The good guy. Oh, guys. fiction. Really? Yeah. Uh, crime crime novel. Been writing oh, for about a year and, wow. and a half. It's really fucked up and oh. dark. Like, I, I gave them a copy of the manuscript to a friend of mine. They looked at me and they were like, I don't think we're going to be friends for like about another week. I was like, well, I've got to process how violent this is. That's and funny. like, where did you yeah. get the inspiration from this? So like, I literally you just. have got to get, shit get shit like up. in that psychotic mind
1: and like, I don't know how you do that. But yeah.
0: Wow. No, dude, because I, I imitate the Joker from uh, The Dark Knight Heath Ledger's Joker. Because like, mm-hmm. uh, um, this is how I write copy as well. I get into my clients' minds and become them. Yeah. so i do it for like it's why halloween and dressing up is not a normal yeah. thing for me it's it becomes like an event like this year i'm actually going Heath <laughs> like a method yeah, actor pretty much it, yeah oh dude i've got like potato peeler i've got to answer everyone in joker dialogue and i can do the voice as well which is even better so like go completely deranged on people and if i get arrested i have to like act as if the joker was arrested I'm gonna end up getting killed if I get arrested, so let's just not get, let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, but no what I was saying was like I've always wondered that because if you notice, like sometimes the, the good guy always wins when in reality he, he would actually lose. Let's be honest, like some, in some situations the good guy would actually lose quite badly. Um, and the other one is like, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but like with movies, especially romantic movies. Most of the, I don't like them, but I've been forced to watch them when you're dating. Um, you end up seeing that the guys are always architects. Have you noticed that? Like all the guys just happen to be an architect, they've all got that nice,
1: stable job, yeah.
0: Income, the, uh, like, they don't have color, to yeah. or not blue
1: collar, but the, the nice, uh, what do they call it, you know, cubicle job or whatever, yeah,
0: yeah. And they're like, Interesting. Either, I'm, either I'm disheartened or I'm fine, I'm okay, or if they decide to, like, live their own life on their own terms, like, no, I've got this big bank account, like, 50 to 100 grand just sitting there, that I can do what I want, like, who has that, who, who, I want to meet the person in real life you're based on, but, um, it's very, I guess it's very similar to your thing with, like, superpowers and, uh, superhero movies, but, like, getting back on point there, um, you literally were like, nope, I'm not a superhero kind of guy, I'm like, dude, you have to watch Deadpool, uh, and I think you put I think we both tagged each other on a Facebook status literally within minutes of each other and you said I'm gonna go watch Deadpool I got so much (laughs) shit off your wife about that that was brilliant I love your wife she's got like an amazing sense of humor (laughs) she's like oh oh so some guy tells you that you're supposed to go watch Deadpool and you do but not your wife and kid
1: yeah well because that's like they've been trying for years to get me to like watch superhero movies and like whatever i do i'm like snoring like halfway through it you know like dad come on you know it's like what's wrong with you you know (laughs) they just don't get me
0: oh man speaking of storytelling and business though like something i do want to jump into is that you have it's you've essentially become like the email marketing kingpin um like one of the kingpins of email marketing it's like kind of kind of um the quiet kept secret weapon that like most people don't well they talk about you but like to the average internet marketer, the average internet person, they're, they're like, "Who's this Travis Sago guy?" But those that know you are like, "Travis Sago's a badass." Yeah, so I was I was born
1: like that, a superhero. <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty much. I'm quite. <laughs> I'm I'm the vigilante at so, night. So not so not born that way, yeah. <laughs> Lady Gaga reference. I kind of like that. So cool. How does he get into like email marketing? So I remember you like told the story to me about like how you started in affiliate marketing, but like give us the backstory, dude.
1: Yeah, well, <clears throat> well, I don't know how far I want to go back here, but uh, I've been selling stuff ever since I was a little kid. I remember I, I actually brought out a coat hanger in case we talked about it, but this is one of the first things that I sold, a cover uh, coat hanger. I was about seven years old. My mom was broke as crap. She had lots of kids. We were, she, was a, um, she was a single mom at the time, and she'd send me out to sell these coat hangers uh, door-to-door and i, I, I kind of loved it you know but i learned a lot of stuff about business uh that i didn't realize i learned but uh, one of the interesting things i learned was like go out in the rain like when you look all miserable <laughs> like because i was like the seven-year-old I don't know if you guys know it, ron howard uh yeah. opie back in, when he was young i was all elbows and freckles and just an ugly looking kid and just all gangly and so I just knock on these doors and it was raining. I'd look all miserable. And I'd say, Hey, I had my little pitch down. He said, Hey, it. Hey, you know how you get those, those bags in your shoulders and your clothes always fall off your wire hangers. Say, yeah. I got the answer to that. Right. So I'd go out and do that. And at first it was kind of like slow going. Uh, but what I learned is like the power of a customer. And when I went back again, like, because I'd go back again, right? It's like I'd go back and where the hell else am I going to go? I'm like seven, eight years old. I can only stay in my neighborhood, right? I can't like expand my 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 empire and my territory, right? I can't hardly. Mom doesn't want me to cross certain streets, you know? So I've got to go out and, and uh, sell these coat hangers. But I realized that people that had bought before were my best people, right? So if I had to do it all over again, I'd probably just go out and give samples, right? Say, hey, keep these for a few days. If you like them, you know, then you pay me, right? So I, I, did, I wasn't that savvy back then, but... So I always had uh, a love and I I did curb painting and had my own lawn mowing service. Uh, And then kind of in high school, uh, I forgot my entrepreneurial, because you go into high school, it's like, what do you want to be? You got to be something, you got to go to college, you got to go, you know? And so uh, I really liked electronics and math and stuff. And I thought I wanted to become, uh, do something like, you know, in in the romantic movies, the, the electrical engineer, the electronic engineer, right?
0: That is so cool. I cannot imagine you being an electronic engineer. Like for, for a lot, well, I could, but at the same time, like I can imagine you being like the goofball scientist, kind of like, oh hey, guess what? Guess what they're Dude, doing.
1: I have more. If I was a cat, you know, you know, i would already been through like several lives, I think. But I have like tons of curiosity. That's what really make kind of uh, helps me with with people. I'm just really really curious about how they work and what they think about and how they think differently than I do. Um, but let's see if I can make a long story short there, but uh, so we didn't have the money. My mom had uh, married when I was 11, I consider him to be my father now, he turned out to be a great, great dude, um, uh, but he was in the Navy. And so I joined the service, we couldn't afford to, to go to college, I, I would become an electronics technician in the service, um, And I, but I still had that entrepreneurial bug all that time. So after I got out of the service, uh, I ran a couple of businesses, run a couple businesses into the ground. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, took another job as a POS, uh, point of sale, sorry, as a technician ended up selling the the point of sale systems, uh, which is, if you want to talk about a hard job, go up. I live here in Arkansas, which is considered to be somewhat redneck, uh, town, but if you want to know an interesting sales job, go up to a guy named Jim Bob that owns a barbecue restaurant and try to sell him a $25,000 computer system, especially back in the nineties, right? <laughs> but I got pretty good at it, but long story short, I just wanted to get back out there and get the bug. So I started affiliate marketing. Okay. Uh, and I, I realized that I kind of had this um, uncool superpower. It's cool to everybody now, but it's not like, you know, it's not like, boy, this dude can really shoot hoops. Or this dude can really rip a guitar, but I had this kind of superpower for empathy and reading crowds of people and reading people and what they wanted. So I started doing some affiliate marketing. It's like, damn, this is pretty easy, right? Because uh, I just say, what is it what they really, really want? I can connect to what they really, really wanted. Uh, position the product I was selling to what they really wanted and make lots of sales. I was selling stuff uh, in the weight loss market. I was selling little giant ladders. I was selling restaurant coupons for uh, restaurant.com, I believe it was at the time. I was just selling all kinds of different stuff. And uh, I was in two big different markets. So finally I said, hey, <laughs> I can't manage all all of this stuff, and I had like these little email lists going for everybody, right? Like right. all these different little email lists. So I decided to narrow down to relationships uh, and business. So uh, and the cool part about focusing down is that you get to know the market even more. So uh, as I got to know the market even more, I was writing more and more email, more and more communications to them. I'm actually listening, which is one of the keys. Um, you know, right. Ryan Levesque is doing his ass survey right now. Mine wasn't nearly as advanced as his. I'd actually get on the phone and talk with people. Right. And it's like, uh, but being smart enough to listen to what's coming through, um, and realizing that email is a really, really had a lot, a lot of advantages over a lot of things in a lot of different ways, um, on how we build relationships and sequence stuff and people just give up on sales way, way too early. Um, because I think, think
0: it's like right at the start, right? They're like, oh, if it, they don't buy right yeah. away, they never want to buy it anyway.
1: Yeah. So let me give you an example because I really want this to be useful for your, your people too. So I use this metaphor all the time. So let's say we're trying to sell a hammer. And the way most people sell a hammer, it, let's just use email. It is, it's just one medium, right? But way most people sell a hammer is they say, Adele, you should buy my hammer. It has an alloy head, which is better than the lead heads because it won't rust, Right. And that may be email one. Right. So you're like, okay, well, that's pretty interesting. But then email two comes around. It's like, dude, have you bought my hammer yet? You know, uh, it's got uh, aluminum handle rather than a wood handle that way you don't get splinters in your hands. Right. And he's like, okay, that's cool. But still don't, not ready for the hammer. Right. So then email three comes around. They're like, dude, still haven't bought my hammer yet. You know, we've got a special claw on the end of our hammer, you know, and, So like how many emails can either the writer send out like that, or can the person read read of those, right? So one of the breakthroughs I had, um, and I'll get to the really, really big breakthrough, but one of the small breakthroughs I had was, um, there's a different way to to do this. It's like, look at what they're using the hammers for and talk about that, right? Um, So I might say, I might have one email that goes out and says, Adele, are you building a birdhouse this weekend? And only people that's building a birdhouse are gonna open that up, right? So, oh, I am building a birdhouse. Well, you know how those birdhouse panels are really, really fragile, and you use a special—I'm making up shit now—but yeah. use the balsa, you have the balsa wood. Well, you need a special hammer with you know to tap those nails And So you talk about building the birdhouse, right? The next day, I might say, Hey, are you remodeling a bathroom this weekend? You know, and then the people remodeling a bathroom open up, right? And I talk about how this, you know, remodeling a bathroom. Hey, do you know how um, those tiles? You get them stuck, and you can't get them out. And you're pounding and pounding on them, and then, then you damage the concrete and everything. This has got a special claw on it that will help you pop up those tiles, right? Well, there's about a million and one uses for a hammer, right? So, like, email three, maybe. Are you sick of your wife yet, right? And I might, I, I might talk about. Dude, you need to get this hammer to murder your wife because it doesn't leave fingerprints, right? One thump right on the back of the head should be out like a light, no fingerprints. You know, just make sure you have an alibi, right? But there's a hundred, you know, a million and one uses for a hammer. And this is one of the breakthroughs I had where I can I can convert 10, 15, 20, even 25% of my entire list on a product over time, right? Yeah. Um, by segmenting that out, understand the symptoms and what they're trying to do and making it, of course, fun and entertaining. But we'll get to the big breakthrough here in a minute. But That's one of the big breakthroughs. It's like most people like they'll do a launch or they'll start selling a product and they'll sell it like the hammer. Right. Hey, dude, have you bought this yet? You bought it yet? You really should buy it. If you were serious about pounding nails, you would totally buy this hammer. You know, and hey, you know what? I'm gonna put it on sale, right? Okay, I'm gonna put it on sale now. Will you buy it? No, right? So they do about that for however many days, and then it's done, right? They're they're done selling that product or whatever, um, or that service or whatever it, the coaching or whatever it is. When they don't understand that there's a parade of life, um, the person that wasn't building a birdhouse. Yesterday, maybe building one next weekend. Um, you know, I get people that that come to me all the time that were the common stories. Hey, my business was really kicking ass. Uh, I was getting all this traffic from Facebook, and then either the, the offer stops converting or Facebook bans their account. You know, but the parade of life. Hey, last week they didn't need me. This week I'm their savior. Yeah. Uh, so that understand that kind of parade of life there. So I'm gonna shut up for a second. And just let you. Oh, no,
0: dude, that that is like insanely cool. I actually love the fact that you have this entire sequence because while you're talking about this, my brain is launching into the idea of, oh fuck, I've actually done that before. <laughs> like I've been the writer <laughs> that's done that before. I <laughs> didn't start out a superhero. <laughs> yeah, you built <got> your power <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because like, um so I'm launching my story selling blueprint right now. Like I'm still creating it, so I'm doing pre-sales for everything. Uh tiny ass list of respon- like the open rate is Really, well, it's really good considering I've not mailed them for like five months. It's a four hundred percent four hundred percent list with fifty people opening it. That's
1: yeah, they forgot like how much bad. they hate
0: you. Pretty much, yeah. They're, they're building up. They're building up. <laughs> i just messing with you. No, no, they're building it up. They're like, oh shit, he's brown. I bet he's part of ISIS. <laughs> Trying to sell us some shit already. It's all encoded. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> Sorry, we um. We here at Adela and Marcy Unplugged do take things seriously sometimes, but not anything at all. <laughs> just a PSA in the middle of a, of our podcast. Um, <laughs> but what I was gonna say was, while I'm mailing them out, um, I've actually started like using a lot of like stuff that you've been putting out on your Facebook, and just from our last conversation that we had about engagement, because like we didn't, uh, well, we didn't really go into it, but the best way I can actually uh, probably try and put this out there without sounding too weird or metaphysical is when if you if anyone's listened to this has the good fortune to talk to travis even if you don't end up working with him you're going to walk away with an idea of how this guy is and realize that his emails are the exact same so start using yourself more in your emails because i i do that with my sales copy i do that with my blog post but i never did that with my emails because so i just used to think as emails being a bit of a chore because i never built a big ass list i didn't know all that much yada yada, yada. Now I switched my mind around going, I'm just going to have fun with my emails. I think the last email I sent out was, yeah. Tony, Tony Robbins is biting on me. <laughs> and then what was, uh Biting on me. Basically, I even explained that in the email going, if you don't know the term biting on me, it means ripping me off. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's totally. Like, so, yeah. Someone's biting my design. Um, it means that they're, they're ripping my shit off. And um, I was like, yeah, Tony Robbins is a massive superstar. I literally just watched Tony Robbins' I Am Not Your Guru. I recommend this, but have a box of tissues near you because that shit is really emotional. <laughs> it's true. I started crying like halfway. And I am like, oh, my god, that's so crazy. I'm like, it's, but it's a mastery of storytelling getting you want to go to date with Destiny. It's, it's incredible, right? And um, while I'm watching this all the way through, I'm watching this unfold. I'm like, holy crap, this is module four of my story selling blueprints. So i better to write this up and like reference how it's the same thing. Create this thing, email it out for sales. I'm like it's not even it's like for sales at the special launch price. I think we did it seventy five bucks initially, and the price is gonna be one fifty and climbing. Um, but seventy five bucks just for a run of the mill test sale for something that doesn't even have a free giveaway yet. I mean, I haven't even created the um giveaway for sales. I was like, yay, I'm happy about this. Happy days at all. Woo. So I was like, email stuff now works. I get it. I am understanding it, and you're completely right. You have to write emails. Based on your day-to-day shit, you can't just be like, you know, hey, buy my thing. Have you bought my thing yet? How about this? Because that sounds very much like a guy at a bar going, hey, did you like my first drink? How about now? What about a second drink? <laughs> How about a third? Would you go home with me now? How about now? And you're just trying to, like, get this person tanked up so they can go home with you. Shit ain't going to work. Just... <clears throat>
1: Well, dude, there's a reason why multi-billion dollar companies like you're in the UK, so you might not see these commercials, but like Geico, they use a freaking gecko, a little stupid gecko as their spokesperson, right? Because it's a personality. And even even the personality, if you have a personality of a gecko, I say you can do email, right? It's like... <laughs> Um, but they have a personality. Uh, another uh, insurance company, Progressive, has Flo. She's kind of like the the girl the next ish kind of way, kind of smart but kind of funny. She's got a little bow, and of course. Way Affleck. back when. you got Affleck as well with the duck. The duck, absolutely right. So um, if you don't have a personality that you're you're losing a lot, this kind of like sweeps in to like some of the biggest breakthroughs that I have that I'd love to share. Go I got to do it in broad strokes. Otherwise we'll be here all day, but it you know, sound like a bad thing, but we'll be here. All day. <laughs> um, but so everybody's so focused on marketing and sales, which, which is cool. Um, but they're leaving out a huge portion, which is bonding, right? That's why, again, that's why they have the gecko and, and all this stuff. So, now, be from the relationship niche, making my millions in the relationship area, I really study relationships and how you bond. Uh, and a lot, you know, mother nature made bonding really, really simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise we'd be uh, screwed up. If bonding was hard, we'd be, you know, like, you know, Mothers wouldn't love their little ugly kids and, you know, kids wouldn't love their crack mothers. And so mother nature made bonding really, really simple. I'm not going through all the bonding principles, but what I think really screws up a lot of marketers, especially email marketers uh, is thinking that somehow massive amounts of content is going to build that bond for them. Um, It's like, Hmm. And I do this in my workshops. I'll start handing people a book. I'll say, I'll hand them a book. It's like, how do you feel about me? Right now. It's like, oh, this book's pretty cool. I don't have another one, another one, another one. Pretty soon I got a stack of books. I'm like, and they're like, oh I'm getting overwhelmed. Right. And one one guy uh is a Jewish, he's like, I've got Jewish guilt now. He's like, I actually feel guilty, right? But nobody's ever built a relationship on dropping off tombs of content, right? Yeah. So we kind of do that. Uh, as marketers and stuff, because we think that's how we build a relationship and a bond. So here's the big breakthrough that I had that really like eliminates a lot of content. Part of it is revealing your character in day-to-day situations so they know you. But one of the, the cornerstones of uh, relationship building is value. But value is not about Content. So here's the biggest shortcut I learned and kind of took me with It's uh, is way different that nobody's like teaching this, and what's different about that is what moves the relationship forward, what moves the conversion golf ball closer to the whole, everything better than anything else is an insight. I call it a brain gasm. It's a little aha moment. Uh, they go, oh, and they see their world a little bit differently. Uh, it doesn't have to be big, just a little aha moment. It's like, oh, I get it now on a little bit better level. Yeah. And what's more fun to do that than through metaphors or little stories about our life. Um, and then when we tie those stories and metaphor, the little aha moment, then they're like, open and pre-framed for whatever we want them to do next. And this is way more than just email. This works in phone conversations, it works uh, in VSLs, on my VSLs. If there's no brain, the bigger the gasm, the bigger uh, the bucks are gonna be. The bigger the braingasm, the bigger the bucks. Um, and so having that insight and that aha at the same time, they're, you're revealing something about yourself, especially over time, uh, then you're moving that ratchet up, right? They're like, oh, they're getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer. That golf ball is getting closer and closer to the hole. Yeah. Where if you're even if you're selling high ticket stuff, all you do need to do is tap it, right? Uh, I remember the first time we sold high ticket from my from my list, my salesmen thought they were freaking geniuses, right? Because like, dude, we had ten calls today, we closed six of them. Uh, I'm like guys, I love you and you're doing a great job, but these guys are already at the hole, man. They're, I mean, they're like preconditioned to buy, right? And so part of it is that that ratcheting up effect. And that's one of the reasons why email is so great is because we have the ability to ratchet up. Um, incrementally. Incrementally, right? Until they're so close at the hole that yeah. I sell, I sell $1,000 products, $2,000 products using nothing but an order form, right? Matter of fact, putting a sales page uh, in there is actually like taking a nine iron out and the, the ball's two inches from the hole and swinging as hard as you can right we've actually seen it decrease conversions because a lot of the ratcheting up uh, the gradualizations done in the email so they're ready to go they just land on the pit pay- on on the sales page you have a little desire piece i call a g3 order form for a gimme 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 and it just tap just taps that ball right inside of the hole
0: okay so i'm curious what does that g3 order page look like is it like just a summary of what they're getting and then an order form or what
1: it, it's specially written it does look like a, it's like a little bit of an advanced order or a detailed order form but it's it's old school it's like uh, yes, Adele, I'm ready to stop trading my uh, time for dollars and get a big ticket product to sell so I can, you know, do so it starts out there. But then we start, to, we don't talk about you're getting six modules with 48 hours of yeah. that's all. Yeah, right. Yeah. We, we take them into the experience. The best way I can explain it is like if I was trying to sell you an orange, I could talk about all the data and the facts or I can say, Adele, let me hand you this orange. Feel the weight of it. Put it in your hand. Can you feel the weight of it? Do you feel the coolness of the skin? Now, I want you just to bring it to your nose slowly. Just take a whiff in. Does it tingle your nostrils a little bit, right? So we're getting, what we're doing is we get all the five senses. We're, we're kind of uh, – I don't use much NLP because I really don't know a lot about NLP. But NLP guys say, you're future pacing. But we're putting the product in their hand and getting them to imagine – their life with with our product in their hand is as much tactile sense as we can and uh, moving, moving them away from hell island, selling escape from hell and entrance into heaven at the same time. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're kind of doing with the G3 order form, but it's mostly what I call a desire piece. Marketers are really good at getting attention and even generating interest, but where most of us suck at. Is the desire. desire. They don't know how to build a desire.
0: See, I'm glad you said that because that's something I didn't know. Uh, again, brain gasm right now. The little, <laughs> little, yeah, little had what second one today. The first one was about the emails. About after speaking to you about that. The second is that that's actually um, that's actually how I'm right. How I'm like when I write ad copy. That's actually what makes me stand out. Um, is I look at it and go. How can my clients and people, A, make money, but more importantly, what's what problem is it going to solve? Because having $10,000 in the bank is a great thing, don't get me wrong, it's amazing. But is ten grand really going to solve all your problems, or is it going to cause more problems? Because, you know, sometimes ten grand in the bank can be a bad thing, especially when you're like claiming you don't have money and you go to the bank and there's like $10,000 there and you're like, oh crap, I've got to loan you money, or I've got to pay back these back taxes, or i got to do something. Hmm. Not saying that's a it's a good thing that you're not doing it, but I'm saying sometimes it's just the wrong time. That you, yeah. Well, here's the I always talk about. It's like you always have money
1: problems. Yeah. You just trade them in for different ones, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, I'm I'm always looking at you know what stock should I buy next? What's going to pay me dividends? You you know how my how am I going to you know do this and that? You, you know it, the the biggest problem we have is is like they like Tony Robbins said in uh, was it? The biggest, pro- biggest problem is that we're pissed off we have a problem. we you know It's like,
0: why do we have this problem,
1: right? Well, you, and you, you're always going to have a problem. It just depends on how you you frame it and such. but
0: Yeah, and having money is always going to be a problem. but No, sorry. Having money and not having money, it's practically the same problem. So it's how you show up. Like, yeah. You can show up to your problems in like a crappy-ass car or on foot, or you can show up in a limousine.
1: Well, here's the thing: is I, I've I've been to uh, conferences uh, and hung out with people that have you know millions in the bank, and they're just as scared as shit as anybody else. Um, but here's kind of the the thing that um, I talk about is it's because they're putting too much, they're giving money too much power.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I say like, what's more important, uh, money or oxygen? And like, well, obviously oxygen is. Mm-hmm. But then I say, well why is it that you're not freaking out about oxygen? How come you're not storing oxygen? How come you don't have oxygen tanks and you're not storing oxygen and you're not freaking about how much oxygen you have all the time? If oxygen is that much more important than money, how come you're just not worrying about oxygen? Well, they say, well, first thing is, well, it's, all, it's all around us. It's abundant. I can have as much as I want. Well, so is money. <laughs> money is abundant too. And, and no, usually nobody figures it out, but... Uh, I said the reason you don't worry about oxygen is because you freaking know how to breathe. <sighs> Once you understand how to understand people and understand what they want, and how to give that to them, then you know how to breathe money, and you just don't worry about it anymore. And you find that you find something you do that you love, and the money stacks up, your chips stack up because. You're just going out there doing it your love but you're, you're giving people and you, know, you understand how to breathe. I, I quit worrying about money when, once I said, you know, as I have this saying, it sounds a little ruthless, but as long as people have problems, I'm going to have a paycheck. Yeah. And I don't think people's problems are ever going to go away. right? So as long as people have problems,
0: I'm going to have a paycheck. I'm totally good. Um, That's surprisingly similar to the motto I used to have when I was like 21. I was like, "But <laughs> well, I'm a little slow." So <laughs> no, no. My my whole thing was that um, as long as people have shit to sell, I'll always have a job. Yeah. yeah, Like why? I was like, "Well, take it this way." Because I used to get asked, uh, "Why don't you learn a skill like in business?" Because I'm like, I'm I'm obviously mostly Asian and from a very very diversely ethnic family, and uh, I gotta tell you, there's no ethnic family that I've actually ever found that actually. Um, doesn't push that kids to go to school, university, get a good job, and shit like that. I used to get asked by like, my aunts and uncles, why don't you go to university? I mean, you've got like, this high-level IQ, you failed your exams, but you can go take them again and get entry to a really, really good like university over here. And I just looked at them and said, honestly, what happens if the apocalypse came tomorrow? Like, that's a little bleak. I don't want to think about that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but if the apocalypse came tomorrow and all industry, all tech, everything we've built up, everything that you want to push me to, Gets completely wiped out. The drug companies are completely f- forced under. Medicine isn't like, we're going back to plant-based medicine and stuff like that. Everything, we go back 2,000 years. Who do you think going to survive? Like, what do you mean? I was like, do you think I'm going to be living happy and wealthy with lots of food and shit that I want to have? Or you? She goes, well, wh- what do you mean? I was like, I sell. There is someone out there that wants to sell their shit to someone else that needs it. And mm-hmm. they don't know how to do it. I know how to sell stuff, either in direct mail form or in door to door or on sure. whatever communication we have got. Hell, if we need to use pigeon sales, I will use pigeon sales. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, I know I'll be okay. She's like, that makes a very good point. That was the day I got my aunt on That's my awesome, side. Dude. I was like, that oh, is yeah. that was my argument to win my aunt over to the side of like letting me do what I wanted to do. But going back to, it, there was something I did want to ask you, um, and it kind of jumps towards lead magnets because I know a lot of people, inclu- myself included. Uh, there's a lot of people who have really good knowledge, but they don't know how to put that into a lead magnet. So like, how do you personally like approach the lead magnet situation? Because some people go do it for like five minutes long, like a 10-minute video or a five-minute long read or something like that. Or um, people say give out as much crazy good content as possible. I know I want to ask you this because you have the whole piece about value and mm-hmm. um, bonding. So how would you do it? Or so, how can you do it, right uh, I spend
1: a lot of time kind of talking about this and so I'm trying to figure out how I'm, my brain's about How can I narrow this down? So most of the trouble, most of the trouble with with lead magnets is because you really don't know your market that well. Um, because if you knew what they wanted, it'd be easy to put it in front of them. Um, uh, and at the same time, from a marketing standpoint, though, what I found the best lead magnet it gets a good opt-in rate, but what it does more than that is it it moves the sale forward in a really cool way. And I'll give you an example. So I've made one of my big, my first big, big successes was helping uh, people that have, I call them suddenly single, right? They got the dear John letter, letter, they've broken up. um, And they, they they want to get back together with each other. Um I it's kind of interesting I'll keep it really short short but I was trying to figure out how to sell more match.com and chemistry.com and, and it's really really it's ties right into the lead magnet, okay? So, I was trying to figure out how to sell more match.com and all the dating keywords either they're SEOed at the wazoo or they cost like $5 a click even back in you know, 2005, 2006. But I was like, what are bringing people to these dating sites? And I realized was, and most of them are coming off breakups or divorces. And there's hundreds of thousands of searches uh, and all that there's like nobody on those keywords. So what I did, is I started up a breakup advice column. And my whole goal was to help them get over the breakup and then I was going to lead them to match.com, chemistry.com, because I could get clicks for like six cents where everybody uh, on the dating keywords like paying five and six bucks. Right. So I was getting little seeds and planting them and nurturing and watering them and going you know, to take them for. So so that was a lead magnet. Right. So, hey, going through a breakup right now, let me help show you how to get over the breakup. Uh, it was a breakup advice column. Right. Because they're in that they were in that in that pain, and that's what they wanted, right? If I were to start out with, hey, let's go back into the dating game, it would've been too big of a leap, yeah. right? It'd be too big of a step. Um, so I built massive list off of that, uh, off Facebook, off, uh, this, I was like one of the first advertisers on Facebook, off Google AdWords, and, and uh, but I was smart enough to listen, and I was getting all these messages all the time. Man, we just broke up for a stupid reason, and you know, I really just want it was dumb, and I just really want to figure out a way to get back together, right? So I'm trying to keep this story short. But yeah, go for so, it. Keep it as long so, as you need to. Uh, I came with a product called Magic of Making Up, and serendipitously, I've always been really good with relationships. But I was the common guy, right? I understood part of what these people with what they were going through was they would break up, and everybody and their brother would say, "Oh, forget." about her go you know uh there's plenty of fish in the ocean you know you're being ridiculous right so one thing they wanted all they one of the things they wanted was an ear they wanted an ear and they also didn't want to sit through three years of therapy figuring out you know what this was so i was the common average everyday dude wise dude that had an ear and i understood about bonding and i even talked about that in my marketing was, Hey, I kind of make licensed relationship therapists pissed off. I would get emails from them. Right. Um, Because, you know, I do in a few minutes what it takes them three years to do, you know, it's kind of my positioning on that. Um, But as I was doing a lot of, a lot of campaigning and advertising for that, uh, I come up with, so where are my people at? They've gone through a breakup. Um, They, they, actually literally become temporarily insane their 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 chemicals everything and they'll do i was i think i'm the first person to uh coin the term text text message terrorism uh because they like start terrorizing them and they they drunk dial um so uh, my, my lead magnet was this, Hey, I know you're going through a breakup. You're going through a hard time, really empathy. You know, I, I understand it can be really, really tough. You may have feel like you've totally screwed things up. Now, if you've done text message terrorism, you drunk out. now, they're even more mad at you. Right. But I've come up with what I call the second chance letter. And I want you to handwrite this letter. Um, and I just give them what to put in this letter to get a response back. Right now, that worked brilliantly as a lead magnet because it was where they were at inside of the funnel. But it did another thing for me as well. It typically got a response back from people, which was, I call this the small, meaningful success. Most people go too big in their lead magnets. They, they go too big in their lead magnets. So if I would have said, Hey, uh, put your name in here. I'm going to show you the, the five steps to get back with your ex that would have been too thing. big of a leap, right? But right now, so I know what you're going through. You've you text messaged, uh, terrorized, you've drunk dialed. Let me give you this this letter you can write and literally I've I realized that if you get to do something in five to 15 minutes, that's ideal. The less time as it, possible. Um, so they would, they would write out this, this letter and I would tell them, I say, before you send this, you want to have a plan because lots of times they're going to come back and they're going to reply back. If you screw that up, you're going to make everything harder. Right? So I've sold millions of dollars worth of magic of making up through this, this second chance letter, which is, the opt-in bait. Right. Right. Um, I'll steal something from Dean Jackson, uh, on opt-ins. It's like, we got to stop thinking like a marketer and think about what is it they really, really want and how can we, what's the next step? Right. So like when he talks about, if you're trying to attract people that, uh, want to sell their house, don't give them the seven, uh, ways every real estate agent's trying to rip you off are the seven things that real estate agents don't want you to know because they're not laying in their bed even concerned about that right but what what do they want to know it's like sometimes it's so simple that we just don't wrap our mind they want to know how much their freaking house is worth if they're thinking about selling it themselves they want to know how much their house is worth so why not if you're selling your house on boca raton say hey Adele, are, are you wondering how much your house is worth in boca raton put your name and email here we'll send you a listing of what the, the last 10 houses or what the houses have sold for for the last 10 months in the Boca Raton area. Okay. That's a, that's really, really great. You know? Uh, so you just kind of give them what they already want. Uh, Dean Jackson has a saying, it's like, you know, is it, is it, uh, are you showing them whiskers? Or are you showing them cheese? Right. They just want the cheese. A mouse just wants the cheese. You start showing them whiskers like I'm going to give you the seven deadly sins of a real estate agent Mm -hmm. or whatever. or The seven things the real estate agents don't want you to know. That sounds more like whiskers, right? That scares the mouse away. But if you just give them a a trail of cheese, um, it's really simple to attract the mouse.
0: Yeah, for the people that are like wondering what the hell am I doing? I'm actually grabbing my journal and writing shit down. Because like, I'm like getting a brain. Dude, that makes me so happy.
1: You know, just as a side note, what I want on my tombstone, uh, what about my, my epitaph is made the light come on. That's my favorite thing is giving insight and brain gasm. So that's like one of the uh, the best compliments you can give me right there.
0: Oh, awesome. That and the fact that you don't look like you're 102. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but are you curious to know what it is? So actually, do you mind if I share it or do you want me to pause the ship thing, tell you, and then come back on?
1: However you want to do it. Dude. I'm, I'm going to
0: because like it's actually to do with my story selling blueprint uh, program. Because like the giveaway I did, cause I listened to a friend of mine. Um, he was like, "Yeah, just do this whole thing where you do like five places you can sell shit from. Uh, you can use your story to sell shit from, or like to promote your story." And I was like, "Okay." I was, it, it's never taken me so long to create a lead magnet before. I was like, literally there for ages. Like, what am I doing? I, why do I not like doing this? But right now, like you saying that, I'm just thinking, okay. So my my actual market is business owners they want to sell more of their stuff, right? Uh, where, where are they right now? Well, they don't know how to stand out of the crowd. So what's the first thing you do? Create a lead magnet that says how to stand out of the crowd using your story. Or actually, how to stand out of the crowd in like three minutes. First thing, tell your story. Here's how you do it. Yeah. Follow up with an email sequence and then just be like, oh, hey, by the way, if you're interested, I've got some more stuff that you can buy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I used to, um, you can come at it with different angles too. When I was in the weight loss market. Here's the thing I call the producer mindset. We won't get into it, but you don't even have to create this stuff. Um, so I would, um, do weight loss calculators and this is before we had a lot of apps. Um, I do weight loss calculators and you got it free off like CNET download or whatever. I say, Hey, get your free weight loss calculators, put your name and email in there. Right. And then they'd come on. I just have a little video. i say, Hey, so here's how you do it. Here's the URL. You download it here. Let me show you a few little things right here. And so it wasn't even my software, right? It was just free software they could get. Um, I just showed them how to to get it. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, you don't have to create everything. You can just like produce too. So, um, I remember a really great example that uh, this is a Perry Melcher example uh, that he was selling like uh, thousands and thousands of dollars of this uh, uh, bed mite, the uh, way to get rid of your, your the, the mites in your bed, like the little bed mites, what they call yeah. those? Uh, bed bugs, essentially. Bed, bed bugs, basically. yeah. And his main sales piece was a YouTube video that he didn't even create himself. He just found it on YouTube and he embedded it. It was like, did such a great job of scaring the shit out of you about bed, about bed bugs. He just put it on a, on a site. Right. Um, and it's like, wow, that's, you know, so it's like half the t- stuff, you know, you kind of unleash yourself. If you unleash yourself saying I have to create it, then you can get sometimes uh, get different ideas and different angles coming in uh, on what you're trying to do. A great story is, uh, it wasn't really an opt-in. It was more of a loss leader. But uh, the guy that sold guitar training courses and expensive guitars, he found out that people – there's so many searches for guitar strings um, that he would just like – he set up a guitar string basically company, uh, sold people guitar strings, right? And because they wanted it so bad, there was not, not a whole lot to it, it was a loss leader. But now he's got this big list of buyers of guitar strings that everybody else is going after antique guitars or guitar you know, buyers like for – Five dollars a click. He's getting all the guitar string people for, you know, pennies a click, you know, and doing really, really well.
0: Yeah, of course you can just, you know, correct email follow-up sequence for that and you've got yourself like a whole bunch of buys for guitars and other things because yeah. oh hey, I want to get a new guitar, which one should I get? It's like, oh, are you contemplating getting a new guitar this week? Well, da 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 da. You know, you got the yeah. strings for this. Let's go your strings that you bought work with these guitars.
1: I helped a guy that was teaching guitar lessons and his, his ideal person was a guy that was 40 years or plus. Uh, basically a guy like me that's like I keep telling myself I'm going to play, I'm going to learn how to play guitar and I never do. Um, uh, but so I said, well, well look at this. It's like, of course, people are onto this now, but uh, uh, at the time there was like all these guitar tabs, right? The guitar tab. And I said, just pick out all the silent songs that 40-plus-year-old guys would be playing because they're just all looking for the tabs. If they're looking for the tabs, more than likely they don't know how to play guitar, right? So we just started putting up tabs and show them how to – I know, I saw that guitar back then. My little ukulele uh, of power. Oh, it's a ukulele, yeah. See, I can't even tell what the difference between a guitar and a ukulele, but – um yeah. So there's lots of ways, but it's really about like, stop being a marketer and just look at what the hell they want for opt-ins. Right. What is it? And how, if you want to to be really, really powerful, how can you move them to the next step with your opt-in? Right. Boom. How? So once they have the second chance letter, it's like, boy, I wrote that. And now that even now that are getting response back, which was the meaningful result, it was getting a response back, not getting their ex for their ex back. That right. uh, was the, the meaningful result there. So.
0: Yeah, dude, that's amazing. Sorry. Taking notes while on my own podcast. This is a first. <laughs> you actually got me to do this, so congratulations. Uh, <laughs> this is getting me back from making him watch Deadpool. That's what it is.
1: Uh, that, was, that was a joy, actually.
0: It's <laughs> like, yes, there's one superhero way. I like. Yeah. Oh, man. Seriously, that's one of the reasons why I actually love Deadpool is because uh, it's basically Ryan Reynolds for like an hour and a half, give or take. But Ryan Reynolds as himself, the sarcastic humor, everything that was in there, the insults were just brilliant. I, I yeah. think I've called someone a cock thistle this week. <laughs> I was like, I've never had this insult before, but it's so amazingly pungent. Like, uh, pungent. I just love it. Um, and by the way, I was going to say, if you if you are thinking of learning guitar and still find that too terribly uh, painful, you, seriously, pick one up. They're super easy to learn. You can pick it up in like two hours. Interesting.
1: That will kind of like be a... Uh, a stepping stone onto the guitar. Exactly, yeah. Because um, right. I started. I just, little, I just had a little brain gas now, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like 10 on my side for the year one. It helps catching up. But um, I used to play bass and drums um, when I was younger. But after I broke my wrists a bunch of times, uh, I actually stopped playing instruments. And I picked up piano last year in 2015 on a dare, by the way, which you never want to do. Never want to pick up an instrument on a dare because it's, it's a very <laughs> hard thing to do. But I did it, and uh, I, I lost the bet, but I got decently good at piano. And I was like, okay, I want an instrument that's uh, a string instrument, because I really love playing ukulele. I really love the ukulele, but it's, I, I've got big hands. It's a tiny instrument. So I got like the biggest ukulele I could find, played it in the store, and I was like, the guy literally sold me on it, but I was there to buy it anyway. I was like, yeah, here's the thing. If you want to get some stuff, go ahead, do this, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, by the way, first songs that you want to learn are just really, really simple ones. You've only got to learn the first four chords. And that's basically every song. There's like over 300 songs that use the exact same chord. Interesting. Covers. See that? Now, now you're selling me on it. Yeah. yeah. Dude, <laughs> it's literally just like C, F, uh, A, and G. Those are your four chords that I'll you're be playing on. the ukulele, and my wife would be like, "That damn Adele! I gotta get first Deadpool, now ukulele." What <laughs> is he doing to my Deadpool. husband? <laughs> I know <laughs> what powers does he have I told her I
1: was having a podcast with you today and she's like oh he's, he's the guy with the cute cats right I'm like yeah that's him
0: yeah well cat the other one's gone oh cute cat yeah no the other one's gone home back to uh, my ex oh really yeah unfortunately uh, they had uh, she had stillborn kittens so oh yeah that wasn't uh, too much fun uh, that's my uh, next
1: ebook is how to win you back your cat in a breakup
0: Oh no! Don't worry. I, how to keep <laughs> how to keep your cat? That that's the first one. How to keep your pet in a breakup? That yeah, that is that is yeah. the one that I should that I should go with because I got to keep Chase, which I'm happy with. I'm like yay. But to be fair, if he went back to my ex right now, she said it herself. She goes, "If I took him back right now, I swear to God, he'll pee all over the house and be such an asshole." I was like, "Why?" He's like, "He's too much like you in real life. He would li- he's literally <laughs> you in cat form." I was like, "Yes, he is. He even plays ukulele, which is brilliant." It's hilarious. I've actually got a video of him playing my uke. It's it's absolutely hilarious. He's a, he can't play anything. I'm He's just like stepping on it. Like, yeah, 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 just plucking on it. it. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Such a douche of a cat. But okay, cool. <laughs> so like, clearly just my cat. But uh, do give my regards to your uh, to your wife, dude. She she is really funny.
1: <laughs> she is. She's like my social media manager. Like if, if people would come to me. It's like, hey, Travis, where's Jeannie? I'm like, oh, she's over there. <laughs> they, they, they don't like her better than me, which is totally cool. But yeah, she's awesome. <laughs>
0: That was just brilliant, oh man! So, how did you guys meet? I'm curious, here. cause like you know, you did say that you watch in uh, relationships and bonding, and obviously, that yeah. was that during? Were you two together like when you were figuring this stuff out, or was it after you figured this stuff out? Yeah, we we met
1: way before. Um, met at a honky tonk, actually. Okay, um, I don't know
0: what I, one of those is.
1: It's a it's a southern bar. Okay, uh, it's like a bar for for rednecks, I guess he would say. Um, i have actually spent, graduated high school out in California and everything, but my dad and my grandpa both retired out here. Once they moved, migrated back from California, back to Arkansas, they were born and raised out here. But after I got done sowing all my wild oats and got out of the service um, in San Diego, I uh, got done sowing all my wild oats. I came back. I was like the only, only one left in California. So I came back here. I met Jeannie one night at a honky tonk. It was kind of, uh, serendipitous because I was at a, uh, with a friend at a bachelor party. Uh, it was December 30th and it was the night before new year's. And uh, Jeannie uh, said, I she never comes out to places like that. Um, but we just, there was a guy hitting on her, which was the the eye surgeon here in town. And he was kind of creepy. Uh, and I was like watching her. She's so nice that she just didn't want to tell him to screw off. And so me and my buddies are like watching her squirm over there. And, uh, uh, she came up to me later. She said, "Hey, will you talk to me? You know, and just pretend like yeah, we're together for a little bit." So I'm like, oh, "I don't know. I was having a good time, like watching you squirm over there." But that started off. Boom! It was just like magic. It was Man. it was magic right that's, then.
0: That's amazing. That is really, really cool. I love hearing stories like that because like um, marketers tend to like I, I've noticed. I always like to ask marketers how they find the significant other because they always seem to have the wildest and craziest tales. Like, so you ask someone else, like, oh, yeah, I met, uh, met my wife at a bar. <laughs> you ask a marketer, he's like, well, I met my wife in a bar. She was squirming like hell. It was funny. And then she came over and I made fun of her. And next thing you know, this it's like, okay, see, you have a story. This is interesting for me to listen to. Interested. Yeah, I, uh, I, I turn
1: everything into a story that's kind of like you know what I do but it's like the day I knew it was our first date I knew that I wanted to. because I was I was pretty much like a non committed kind of guy and you know, it's like okay great you know when they start talking about their problems it's time to get out of the relationship is about the three month period right but we were I take her on our first date uh, up on a mountain we were just driving around. It was kind of snowing. And something about me is I have a horrible sense of direction. Now you give me a map or you, you give you know GPS and I can find anything. But I have a horrible sense of direction. So I'm used to getting lost and I'm used I'm used to the girl getting what i that I get lost with rolling their eyes and like, you know, making all kind of faces. But so we're up on this mountain and like there's only like two roads up there, but I'm turning around. I don't know which way is what, right? I'm just like oh crap. And uh so I, I just cop to it I'm like I'm like, uh, I'm lost. And so I'm waiting for the eye roll and all this kind of stuff. And she's all, that's okay. I'm having a really good time. I know you'll get us out of here. Aww. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, that. So and then I was like, I really, really like this girl. But there's lots of little stories like that, you know. But she is, she's an awesome, awesome person. And she makes everybody feel really, really good. And she's very inspiring kind of person
0: too that's pretty awesome though that just puts in perspective that if but when i actually do meet you and we do decide to take a road trip i'm driving in a commander of like directions right now <laughs> yes oh, i'll gladly let you yes yeah. <laughs> like, especially especially
1: if it's somewhere i haven't been 24 times
0: yeah <laughs> to <Actually>, be <laughs> specifically 24 <laughs> yes yeah absolutely all right, dude, I'm going to ask you a real fun question right now because we've covered so much great stuff here. Um, I want to get this uh, in particular because something I have to ask all my guests. Well, actually, it's two things, essentially. Let's start with an easy one because this is one I started using yesterday and like people have liked it. And that is, what is the worst situation you've ever been in in your business uh, and how did you get back to essentially what is normal and then use that experience as a springboard to propel you forward and keep your confidence?
1: Boy, how much time you got? So okay. I, I got the perfect.
0: Let's go with it. Just roll with because it.
1: Because, I, because I know. Um, so I'll keep it short. It was a few days after December first. The only reason I know it was after December first because my rent was due. I was looking. I was sitting down in my living room. The snow was coming down. Wait, was uh, this
0: December first, twenty fifteen?
1: No, no, way, way uh, back in like nineteen ninety eight. Oh, okay. Um, I six about six months prior to that. I. Come home, told Jeannie, I've got this great idea for a business. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy, manufacture surplus, and then I'm gonna sell it. Unfortunately, this was before eBay, right? So uh, I could get surplus until the the cows come home. I I like had like uh, all these packages of of samples of surplus and everything, but I couldn't figure out how to sell it. Now, if I would, my timing would have been a little better. eBay would have been around. Probably it would have been boom, but. Uh, so here I am sitting there December 1st, uh, a little bit after December 1st, my rent's not paid, there's not one package under a tree, um, genie, my, my son's eight years old, uh, and I'm just like, feel like a loser, man, like, I, like no money in the bank, and I'm like, dude, I, I gotta figure some shit, I can't even get a job, because it's gonna be a two, it's gonna be two days, uh, two weeks hold back, <laughs>
0: yeah, <okay. laughs> just, to get,
1: just to get a paycheck, right, so... I was smart enough to know that you just don't sit there, right? You move around. So I went to the public library. Um, I don't know why exactly. I just like, this is go, go. I like books. Maybe I'll figure something out, right? Well, I wasn't there very long. And I noticed there's a big fat, you know, I'm from Russellville, Arkansas. Our little our yellow pages are about this big. Uh, there's a big fat yellow pages there from New York. Um, so I said, well, I'm going to look through these pages, the New York yellow pages, and see uh, if there's maybe some business that they're doing in New York, that they're not doing here, that maybe I could start up real quick somehow. Because I'm I'm a pretty resourceful dude, right? Um, uh, But I didn't have to get very far. I was in the A section and I was in the advertising section. I come across this thing called fax advertising. What the hell is this fax advertising thing? Well, uh, apparently what they do is like they get all the fax numbers from the offices and their biggest Customers were restaurants. So they'd, they'd send out all the daily the lunch specials uh, and it didn't cost them anything. There's no printing, no anything. And it worked really, really well uh, because. There was no printing it was going to exactly those people. So long story short, I'm like, I don't have time to figure this shit out. So I just got a copy of Microsoft trial version of Microsoft publisher. Uh, I found out what the fax laws were on my dialogue. I found out what the fax laws were. I just had to get their permission. So I picked up the phone, I called about 50 offices in town. So I'm not trying to sell you anything. Just wondering if you'd like to get faxes from restaurants here with their daily lunch specials and coupons are like, absolutely. So I'd write their names down and their fax number and how many people were in the office started calling up restaurants. Hey, i got this crazy idea. Uh, uh, They're doing this in New York. I was just completely They're they're faxing their menus over all the offices. Nobody's doing it here. I want to, I want to do it here. Would you want to talk about it? They're like, yeah, absolutely. So I go out there. I don't remember. It was like December 15th or December 20th. By this time, uh, I'm trying to sell this guy out one month, right? For uh, come up. So I've got my little prototype and remember prototype, Minimum viable product because that comes back over and over and over again. Uh, I've got my little prototype and I show it to him. I show him all the offices I go out to and I say the disadvantage is uh, I don't have anybody else on there, but the advantage is uh, you get the whole page until I put other people on there. So you'll be a guinea pig. And he looks at me and he's all, how much would it be for six months? I'm like, holy shit. So I don't remember like all the gyrations I went through, but all I remember, uh, he wrote me a check for seven hundred dollars. And that was the best $700 sale I think I've ever freaking made because it got my rent paid. This was back in the 90s and we just lived in an apartment. It got my rent paid, put a few presents under the tree, and it launched a business, which turned out to be uh, pretty successful uh, here in town. But the lesson that I learned from it, I still use it to this day, is I don't want shit until I know it's going to work. Yeah. Like I, if I have an idea for a product, I might sell an affiliate product of it. Right. Or I might do a pre-sell, but I make sure that as good as I am at reading people and what they want, I'm still wrong. Yeah. It's until, <laughs> you, time, see, right?
0: until you see the yeah. money in the bank.
1: Yeah. So I always, and people ask me, it's like, how do you, how's everything that you do turn out to be a winner? Well, I, I just, you don't see my failures because it's like quick. It's yeah. like. I, I just like, oh, that didn't work out good, you know, but I don't put a lot of time and money and effort into it until somebody pulls out a wallet, right? Like, I love what Ryan Levesque's doing, but I have a saying, uh, surveys don't mean a thing unless they'll pull out the green, right? Yes. Survey, yes, get a direction, right? But unless they'll pull out a wallet um, you know, for it, it don't mean anything, right?
0: I, I agree with you. Why do you think I did it with the storytelling Blueprint? yeah because i looked at it i was like i've got this domain i've been wanting to create this product for absolutely months everybody and their brother is frigging pulling out the stops on this but no one knows what i'm doing so i'm like you know what screw it let's just email my dead list and see what happens (laughs) for for sales i'm like happy with that Uh,
1: see that i call that the popcorn popping. Uh, when you when you like run a campaign, you whatever you're doing, and like you get those first few sales, i like, it's like putting that popcorn on the old style burnie. Like, it's like, it sometimes doesn't pop, right? But when it starts pop, 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 you're like, oh yeah, yeah, pop, 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 pop. I call it the popcorn popping, right? Yeah. So that that's a lesson that has stood me and made me millions in dollars and saved me tons of times. I don't know how much money it saved me. I know people that start whole companies, you know, and spend millions of dollars and, and, uh, I want to see sales. That's what I want to see. That's how can I get to the sales the quickest to verify, um, what I'm doing, you know?
0: Yeah. Because like at the end of the end of the day, the last thing you want to do is overuse, uh, like overreach essentially. Yeah.
1: I call it a guinea pig program. I do it different than other, like Danny Yenny teaches pre-selling, but I, I call it a guinea pig. Pro- I do it a little bit different than he does, but like he does guinea pig programs for uh, less amounts. He says, hey, I, you call it a pilot program. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to come up with a product. It's going to be 2000. So I'm going to charge you 200. I do it different. I say, I want to take three people when I work with you really, really closely. It's going to be 10K. Um, and the, the disadvantage is you're going to be a guinea pig. The advantage is I'm going to work with you, hand in hand, one on one. I want to see all the challenges you have, and we will get that result. Uh, and they sign up all, you know. So I'd rather do three people at 10k than yeah. you know 30 people at 1k. So that's just a preference. But the guinea pig programs worked out really, really well for me teaching new stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a good thing. I'm an advocate of the way it works. Give me just one moment. I gotta go plug in my sure. charger. Hold on. I've talked your battery out.
1: And Kermit's looking tired.
0: All right, and I'm back. So, I was going to ask for the
1: second. (laughs) I was, I was, I was riffing comments while you. I was like, I've talked his battery out, and Kermit is looking uh, tired there.
0: (laughs) Oh, this isn't Kermit. This is Snoop Frog. Oh, Snoop Uh, Frog. Okay, Snoop Frog.
1: (laughs) I stand corrected.
0: I wish it was Kermit, but I was like, you know what? I really don't want to go with the Kermit thing because I love Kermit, but everyone else looks at you weird when you're like, yeah, I love Kermit too. They're like, shut up, Adam. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fine, Snoop Frog it is. Uh, but anyway, Uh, so I was going to say that that's incredible advice and that is really good, especially like the fact that you – um, I, I notice you do it all the time where you actually tell stories, but there's a time message like, by the way, this is how I do shit now, and you should totally do the same thing, you dumbass. So it really <laughs> works out. Um.
1: Well, you don't have to. There's it's another hard option. Is
0: like you, you can spend
1: thousands and tons of time and hire employees and then have to fire them all. That's another way to go. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like gorgeous. I just like I like getting the sales first, and it was hard. It was a hard one lesson. So if I can save somebody some pain, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's it's a minimal viable viable product, and what's the quickest way to money? Essentially, is what you yep. look at. Um, yep. The next thing, this is like my favorite piece to do and ask is if you have to give three pieces of advice. Right, to an entrepreneur or a business owner or someone that's just going through like either a hard time or they're plateauing, what would the three-piece advice be? And it could be quite short, it could be quite long, or it could be repetitive. You could just be like, oh, like I said before, yada, yada. So whatever you want, floor is yours, go nuts. So their business
1: is plateauing or going down?
0: Yeah, or they're basically either struggling or their business is plateaued.
1: It's interesting you ask that question because... Um, I get that question a lot. Um, and I, yeah, I run the Mojo mastermind. I call it the Mojo mastermind. It's only about 25% of people where their business was going up. They say, Hey, I want to make my business even greater. Usually what happens is their business is going sideways or it's tilting down. They've, they've tried everything and they feel like they've lost their mojo. They begin to think it's them. So the Mojo mastermind, cause we kind of deal with that all the time, but Usually, uh, most of the businesses, I would say almost 99% of the businesses, typically, uh, the first piece of advice is is, uh, your sales are going down for like one of three reasons. One, you're not making enough offers. Two, you're not making big enough offers. Or three people are rejecting your offers or you're not getting conversions when you think most of the time it's like when people's business slow down, it's like for some reason they're not making as many offers. I got to be careful how I do my fingers here. Uh, you're not making as many offers uh, or maybe you're, if you're making sales and everything and still I, I've, I've worked with people that are, they're making sales, but they're still not making money, right? Cause their, their offers aren't, aren't big enough. Uh, they still may not be making enough offers um, or they're just offers aren't converting. If you're making a lot of offers, uh, but you're still not making the money it's just because you're not converting, right? That's really the only three areas um, that you've got to look at, right? right? And so there's lots of reasons why you may not be making uh, enough offers. Usually they're, they're mental reasons, right? For they got a lot of reasons why they're not making offers. Um, but very often what I do with people in their business is they'll have like an email list, or some type of database, and I'm like, they're mailing it maybe on X amount, right? One time a week, right? And uh, so one of the first things I can typically do is like, okay, so you're making X amount of dollars mailing it one time a week. Um, what happened if you mailed it two times a week? I could make more money. What if you mail it three times a week? I'll probably make more money. And then it gets to this point like, oh, shit. Yeah, but they're going gonna, gonna to piss off everybody, right? So I said, you know, the real question is, is not how can you mail more often, you know, and piss people off. It's like, how can you mail more often and have people love it and make the sales, right? So a lot of times what we do is I just ramp up the offers, right, we just ramp up the the amount of offers, but we do it in a really, really cool way and all of a sudden sales take off, right? We get out of our own way uh, and we think that people think about us way more than they do um, and they don't. It's like, oh my God, I just emailed them last week. They're gonna be like, oh my God, you know, uh, no. You know, <laughs> some of them might, but very often that's not the case. So, um, make more offers, make bigger offers and, or figure out why your offers aren't converting. That's usually, uh, so my advice is like figure out one are of those areas. And most of the time it's not making enough offers because you'll, the other ones you'll figure out if you make enough offers, if you make enough offers, typically, uh, you'll figure out why it's not converting. If you continue to make enough offers, <laughs>
0: That's just brilliant. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Hold on, I think we're having it's a little like, bit of a laugh. If you throw enough spaghetti against the wall, eventually something's going to stick. Yeah, we have a little bit of a glitch there, yeah. Wait, hold on, have we caught oh, it? Are you still there? Yeah, what? Yeah. We caught, we caught it. We caught it. Sorry. Okay, yeah. got cool. so, it. So typically, if you're going to focus on one area, it's make more offers.
1: Um, because a lot of people, you think, wow, you, you figured out some really genius shit, man. I'm like, no, I threw spaghetti against the wall. What I did was genius, was just being smart enough to look at which noodles stuck and throw more of those kind of noodles. And that sounds funny to say, but so many businesses I fix, it's like, well, um, I did a webinar uh, last, last month and we did this many, many sales. And so now I'm, but I'm kind of stuck now, like we'll do another webinar. Uh, Okay, I guess. Can you do the webinar a week? Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, right? So, it, go go to what's working, right? And just make more offers. I love It's one of those that, like email lists because I can push a button, I can make 50,000 offers at one time, you know? Um, so, Magnitude, And then if I do that every day, now I'm making, you know, uh, $350, $350,000, 350000 offers every single week. Right? So the guy that makes the most offers typically is going to win the game. It's kind of brute force, but if, you, if you're, if they're not converting, you're going to figure out why it's converting, why it's not converting. If you make enough offers, the thing that's going to slow you down is when you stop making the offers and try to, to mentally figure it out. Um, you know, you being in the game is going to figure out. And then if you listen, if you make offers, if people are going to come up to you and to say, dude, I really like this, but can you just do it for me? Or can you just do this? Do you have this? Right? I would really like to do this, but I just want this. And then you'll come up with your bigger offers, right? That's so awesome. typically, I'll say, just make more freaking offers.
0: It's pretty awesome. All right. Dude, uh, thank you so for that's, being uh, here. Oh, oh yeah. We let, let get one more piece on, no, of that. That rest. was it. Like, <laughs> so you we, went two, we went to two. I thought you gave three or more because I was like, Easy yeah. Like, well, that was just kind of all in one. So that's where your problem is. That's advice piece. Number one, I completely uh, I, I completely jumped the gun there. That's okay.
1: <laughs> uh, the second piece will be keep it really, really uh, quick. Uh, and this is really, really deep. But if you think about it, your fricking identity and your role are two different things. You, because you get rejected because the offer doesn't work, does that mean you're less of a human? Your bank account doesn't mean you're less of a human. When you realize that your identity is always a 10, that that you are always valuable, your behavior, your role may be not a 10, but you can't ever be hurt. That makes you more powerful to pick up the phone and make that million dollar offer or make that $500,000 offer or to, to make more offers or put that webinar on because you realize if the webinar flops, it doesn't mean anything about you. Uh, allows you to to be much more bold and to show and have your mojo show up in in a lot more ways because you realize no matter what happens I'm okay I'm okay no matter what my value doesn't doesn't go down um, so that'd be advice numero two yeah um, and then here's advice number three. <laughs> I'll be sneaky with this. Um, So one of the easiest uh, ways to convert people and win people over influence wise and convert people is by inspiration. Uh, But most people don't know how to inspire people uh, in a certain way. So I've kind of got a framework for that. Uh, So my next piece of advice would be go to the bigmojopromotions.com forward slash free gift and I've put together this is a training I did for my $30,000 a year mastermind uh, people on how to inspire people. It gives you a framework for how to inspire people is that inspiring people will help make sales like nothing else. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's my last piece of advice is is go grab that. So that's it.
0: See, I'm glad that you said that, because I was totally going to do a promotional piece for you, and now I don't have to. Yay. <laughs> so. Well, I'm a marketer at heart, right? I'm going to work that in there, so... <laughs> Damn right you are. Dude, it's been so much fun having you on The Goddamn Show. I literally enjoyed this, and you ran my battery down as well, so congratulations. It's always a first, but um, I hope I get you back on the show in a few months' time as well, man. It'll be great to have you back on as a guest.
1: Absolutely, man. I had a lot. I had a lot of fun, so...
0: Great, and Chase has actually I'm, behaved himself this time, guys. So he didn't meow as much. Usually, he just keeps going. Oh, that's cool. Cats are cool. We can work with
1: that. We'll just use it. we'll just make them do part of the the show. So
0: see, he woke up. Now he's like, "Ha, huh, I missed the show. Can I be on the show? Yeah, you've been on the show. <laughs> buddy. You're, you're co-, co co pilot. Everyone knows this. But guys, go check out Travis's gift. Uh, I'm gonna put the links below, as always, and the description. Um, go." Find out how to inspire some people and sell more of your stuff. And, again, reach out to him. Stalk him like I did. That's actually how this friendship grew. Um, But, yeah, thanks again, Travis. Thanks for being here, dude. My pleasure, dude. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. Guys, take care and see you on the next episode.